Blog Talk Radio. Boxing, 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 boxing. You're tuned in to Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast midweek show coming at you. In full effect, Wednesday, October 23rd, 9 p.m. Central, like we try to do all the time, and we're about to be doing all the time, man. Great to be on. Beautiful day out here in, uh, where am I? Somewhere in mid-Texas. Um, air is getting a little crisp. You know, we're out here at a, in the high 60s low 70s you could feel you could feel the the weather changing a little bit we'll see how long that lasts i think i said the same thing last week but then on saturday it was back up to 90 degrees so we'll see how long that lasts man but beautiful day out here uh great weekend of boxing uh pretty much an all day or all afternoon evening event we've got unification Ali Trophy, WBA, IBF, WBC Diamond Belt, whatever the hell that is, uh, Ring Magazine number one for uh, super lightweight or junior welterweight, whatever the hell they want to call it, going on this weekend early on the zone. We got a family feud going down later on that night, and we got two guys trying to make a comeback to the championship scene uh, also on Saturday night. And we also got to talk about uh, accusations of one of my favorite boxers, a legendary boxer, uh, being involved in some kind of weird abuseher.com scenario. So we'll be talking about a lot of good stuff, man. Right now, low-key, I'm watching the Astros. Uh, right now, they're tied 2-2. Two to two. I think it's the bottom of the fourth, you know, it's going to be a long-ass game. No, bottom of the fifth right now. It's going to be a long-ass game. Uh, got got beat yesterday, so we're down 0-1, but, you know, we like to fight back. So we'll see how these Astros can do, man. But with that said, want to take it to the family, the team, you know, the guys that make this possible. Uh, so first we're going to take it out there to Southern California, to the host of the Relatively Fat and Black podcast, my man JP, a.k.a. Heavy-Handed J. JP, man, what's popping? Let me make sure the button's pressed. What's popping, man? Oh, uh, ain't nothing, family. Ain't nothing. Uh, laying back on this hump day. A uh, little tired, happy to get over the hump in the week, and looking forward to this fight. This is probably, to me, <clears throat> probably the second best fight remaining on the schedule. 
before we in 2019. So, Warrington Pro I think, is a very 50-50 fight. I'm wondering what those betting odds are. And once again, I'm checking in from God's vacation and spot. So, let's do it, Willa. All right, there we go. Now let's take it across the country to our man out there in central New York, my man Janelle. Janelle, what's popping, man? What's going on, man? How y'all do? How y'all do? We doing good, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to talk some boxing, ready to talk about your hero, De La Hoya. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, I've got the I've got the uh I've got the article set up, man. We're going we're gonna run down through it. Like I said, it sounds like some of that abuseher.com with a little twist to it. Uh you know, I don't know I what this know. guy was thinking. But we we gonna, we gonna talk about it, man. So let's go on and get into it, man. First off we'll talk about the fight. Big fight coming up on the zone. It's over there in the U.K., so it's going to be an early fight, probably around 4 or 5 o'clock Central. You know how they do. We've got the W. I mean, we've got the World Boxing Super Series Junior Welterweight Final. Talking about these guys at 140. You know, we had a unification, Maurice Hooker versus uh, Jose Ramirez not too long, uh, uh, not too long ago, a couple of months ago. Now we've got the other two belts, the WBA and the IBF um, belts up for grabs. That's Regis Progress 24-0 with 20 knockouts. Goes versus uh, Josh Taylor with 15-0 with 13 knockouts. Now, both of these guys are really untested when it comes to, you know, have they fought the big name. You know, Regis Progress has a little more, uh, a little more, he has, a, well, he has a few more fights. 30 years old, um, you know, he has fought guys like uh, Ndagu. You know, he did beat up Ndagu uh, to get the interim WBC uh, super lightweight belt. Uh, he, which doesn't make any sense to me because I thought Jose Ramirez was the WBC champion. So I guess this diamond belt, I'm not sure what the hell it is. It makes no sense to me, but he is the diamond champ somehow. Um Then you've got uh yeah, I don't understand. He so he's beat uh Indago, he beat Terry Flanagan um uh, in this uh in new uh in this tournament. He beat that guy Kyle Relic for the WBA uh world for the WBA super lightweight title. I think that was vacant. Or maybe Relic had it. So he's got the WBA belt, which is a belt that he does have. Now he's fighting Josh Taylor who is the IBF champ. Um, Josh Taylor hasn't fought anybody uh, really of any recognition, uh, but he has been beaten. His last two guys have been undefeated. He got the uh, IBF belt for Byron Chick, who was 19-0 and um, in this tournament, his last fight, and uh, he beat Ryan Martin. Well, he he does have a win over Victor Postal, who was only lost to, uh, was to Crawford. So, you know, both these guys have, you know, beat guys that Crawford beat up, you know, beating up uh, Crawford's uh, old news. And, uh, you know, 
Both these guys think they have a, a chance to win. I'm not sure if Josh Taylor has a chance to win. Uh, Pro Grace is is a different animal. Uh, and when I say animal, he is the animal. I think um, I think it was JP who told us what the Rougarou was, was the Bigfoot or something like that uh, in Louisiana, the Louisiana Bigfoot. I mean, he's not big at all. In fact, he's small, a little guy. Um, I think he's probably he's five. Uh, Josh Taylor's five ten, so he's probably five seven, five six. They got him at five eight. I don't know if he's five eight. He's a little smaller than that, but he's coming in and he's going to do work every time. Um, Regis Progress is the the best guy at one forty, I think, uh, coming off of a TKO of that guy Relic um, in his last fight in in April. So I think this is going to be a great fight, man, a unification fight. Hopefully the winner of this gets to fight Jose Ramirez um, before he goes up to 147. I think this is a great fight. And if I had to lean towards anybody, I would lean towards I would lean towards uh, Regis Progress. Uh, he's able to do a lot of things. I've been watching these, uh, these little interviews they have, and he does make sense. Um, all of his fights, you can see him do different things at different times. Sometimes he's out there boxing. Sometimes he's out there slug. He's in the slug fest. Sometimes he's attacking. Uh, he can do a lot of different things. And Josh Taylor is just one of these European boxers who's real good. Don't get me wrong. He's really good. But he's just he's just boxing. He's got one style. And we saw, we've been seeing all year that pressure bursts pipes. You know, we saw it last week. Uh, with uh, Better Beef beating uh, Bostic. We saw it with uh, Dervinchenko uh, uh, getting robbed against Triple G. And we saw it with the close fight with Spence versus Porter, like we were saying last week. So I see it the same type of situation. I'm seeing um, uh, Progress being, since he's a smaller guy, he's going to have to get in there and put on pressure and just break him down. So if I was going to give my prediction per se, uh, I would go with a knockout, uh, a stoppage in the ninth round with Regis Progress. Probably a knockout. I'm not going to even say a TKO. I'm talking about he might not be asleep, but he's going to take a – it's not going to be a wave off. He's not going to be able to beat the count. So there goes my official prediction, uh, Regis Progress by – KO in the ninth. So let's see what my man JP has to say. JP, how do you see this fight? This is for the WBA, the IBF, real belts. This is somehow for the WBC diamond belt, which I don't really understand what that is. Ali trophy and the ring magazine belt to say who's the best at 140. Who you got in this fight, man? Well, at first, we have a correction. Arugaru, I stand corrected. I was wrong. Is not a Bigfoot, but is another folklore type of creature. It's a werewolf. It's a werewolf, actually. So it's not a Bigfoot, but in that same mythical realm of creature, it's a it's a werewolf that is said to be around the Louisiana swamp area. So that correction. 
this fight is intriguing for me, you know, and I see this fight being a lot like the fight we just had last week with better BF and Bone Stick. Uh, because you're, I think the fight styles will be very similar. You'll see uh, my man Pro Gray coming in very similar to better BF and being that unfazable force um, coming forward. And you'll see Warrington being very similar to Vostick and boxing and using lateral movement and, you know, doing all that stuff. So it will be a boxer, stalker type of affair. Um, I'm getting mixed reviews. I'm, I'm seeing the crowd start to slightly turn Warrington as we get closer to the fight. So that's interesting to me. Um, Progre is a guy who famously was known for, uh, you know, coming up with the Charlo brothers and sparring with them. And I used to, I heard used to fight much heavy, heavier. I don't want to say any weights exactly, but I heard used to fight a much heavier weights. Um, and, you know, from my understanding, this guy was really good versus, you know, the Charlos and when they were coming through that program. So he has some pedigree. Warrington the same, you know, uh, lot to fight for in both cases. I, I think it's going to be a really intriguing fight. You're going to see someone's will is going to break. Now, if we're talking about the psychological advantage, if uh, there, I don't know if you guys were able to catch the face-off. And, you know, I, I felt yeah, like the I watched, psychological – Yeah, I feel like the advantage went to pro gray just because the, the question was asked, like, do you think you can phase – do you know, do you think you can intimidate this guy? And Warrington was like, oh, well, you know, he's not intimidated right now, but yeah, he's, you know, he's able to be intimidated. And, you know, War, uh, Pro Gray kind of laughed it off. And, you know, but I, I feel like Pro Gray has that advantage going for him. Um, from my knowledge, he hasn't shown any weakness or ability to not take a punch, but both guys will be tested here. So it's one of those great crossroad fights. You know, this is Mayweather versus Corrales, you know, where, where you have two guys who are blue-chip prospects on the way up. And they're they, every now and again, these fights happen. You know, they don't happen a ton. But every now and again, two very highly touted prospects on the way up, two guys who have, have been unblemished, will collide. And um, I think that's what we have here. And somebody's going to lose it. But both guys undefeated. Yeah, both guys undefeated. Uh, yeah. Pro Grace, I think, we call him a blue chipper, but he's 30 years old. He ain't that young. And uh, no. Taylor's 28. Oh, well, you know, blue chip in terms of uh, boxing trajectory, you know, he's he's on the table. You know, he's on the table waiting to be served. You know, he's a, he, he wins this fight. Whoever wins this fight goes on to fight a big name, you know. You you probably get uh you know I don't know Ramirez or you, you're gonna get a name at 140. Uh, so I believe this fight has a lot of value to the winner, but I don't believe anyone loses big in this fight. Now you can't see an outcome where at least I don't see an outcome where Warrington is able to knock out Progray, but who knows? But Taylor, I can definitely see in the Taylor. Jo- yeah, Josh, Josh Taylor. Yeah, Josh Taylor. Yeah, not Taylor. Warrington. They all. Who am I saying Warrington? She was just fighting not too uh, long ago. Are we sure? 
Okay. Um, but yeah, I know. Um, I know what he looks like. I mean, even though I'm saying the wrong name, but yeah, uh, I could see a, a fight where Taylor completely outboxes him, you know, and makes him look foolish. But like you touched on, Willa, Pro Gray is a guy that mixes it up. And if you think way back when he first hit the scene, Pro Gray was a boxer. He wasn't this somewhere in his evolution. He turned into this come forward, head down, you know, indestructible type force. But earlier on, he was a guy who was a more of a boxer. So I think this fight will be good. And with my pick, I'm going to take, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Pro Gray by a 10th round stoppage. Yep. In the fight, Rohill, he may be losing on the cards. He'll be down on the cards, though. Yep. Okay, you think, Pro you think Taylor out boxes him until it's, until it's over? I feel you. I can Very see that similar to the Better BF. I mean, it's Better BF posted part two. That's how I see this thing kind of playing out. <clears throat> That's definitely how I see it. And I'm not a betting man, but I think these are pretty close uh, odds. They have Regis Progress at, uh, to win at around like 162 and uh, or minus 162 and Josh Taylor at 125. So I think if you have to bet 162 to get $100 for Progress and you have to bet 100 to get 125 for for Josh Taylor. So I think that's pretty close. I don't, you know, leaning towards Regis progress is how I have it. Uh, a draw gets you plus 2,200. Uh, 2, so nobody sees the draw coming. So that might be a good bet to have, man. Let's go ahead and take it to, to my man, Janelle. Janelle, how do you see this fight going? Regis progress, 24 and 0, 20 knockouts versus Josh Taylor, 15 and 0 with 13. KO. I'm not ready to talk Unified. right now. I'm not up. Okay, well. I'll text you when I'm ready to talk. All righty. Well, there we have it. My man Janelle is tied up. We'll get back to his pick in a second. But let's go ahead and go down to the next one. Hey, man, fuck all that. Fuck all that. We've got some, you know, we're saying we're talking about blue chippers and when when I hear blue chippers, I'm thinking about the young bulls, and we got two young guys going at it uh, Saturday night on ESPN. Uh, Shakur Stevenson versus Joette Gonzalez. Um, Shakur Stevenson is uh, twenty uh, is uh, twelve and zero with seven KOs versus Joette Gonzalez, who's twenty three and zero with fourteen KOs, and they're fighting for the WBO featherweight title. Now the WBO is that that all forgotten belt that nobody really worry, worries about. Um, I think Eubanks has it. I think at a, at a di- different point in time, depending on who has the belt, it's a big deal. But it's one of those belts like uh, the WBA that the PBC is trying to. No, not the WBA. Uh, what does uh, Crawford have? He doesn't have the WBA. Um, yeah, no, he does have the WBA. No, no, he doesn't have the WBA because that's what Manny Pacquiao has. WBC, IBF, and what's the other one? I'm missing one. WBA, WBC, IBF, whichever one uh, 
Crawford has. That's how WBA? WBA. Is it the WBA? Because I think that's the one that Manny had. Because Manny was the regular champion and, and Keith Thurman was the uh, regular champion. So it's the WBA, the WBC, the IBF. It ain't the WBO. The WBO is the one. Maybe the, no, no. Maybe it's the IBO. Well, IBO. The WBO. Yeah, the WBO isn't the forgotten one. The, so they got the WBO uh, championship going. I know we sound crazy right now, but uh, yeah, they're going for the vacant WBO championship. Shakur Stevenson making his way uh, up the ladder against a, a a guy that I said was his brother-in-law because Shakur Stevenson is dating. Joette Gonzalez's sister, and he says he loves her. Uh, he had they have this little thing, so they're making this little family feud. Uh, what is this? I'm sure the sister's going to be there. Who is she going to be rooting for? Joette Gonzalez doesn't feel Shakur Stevenson at all. You know, I know there's like a there's a little thing that you know when it comes to Mexicans, they don't really like for their for their daughters to have a you know, them black black boyfriends, but it happens all the time, especially out here where I'm from. So I don't know if it's a little racial thing, but they're going at it. They're talking a lot of stuff. Uh, Joy Gonzalez is, you know, both of these guys haven't really fought anybody. Um, jo- Joy Gonzalez, even though he has 23 wins, um, they're against guys with, Seven, sixteen losses. He's fought a few guys with one loss, one loss. But most of these guys are, you know, pretty, pretty weak guys we've never heard of at all. Um, he started out in 2012, and Shakur Stevenson. He's just been he's been making his way up the ladder, um, and he hasn't fought anybody that we're worried about at all. He's coming off a win over uh, Alberto. Guevara, who he KO, he was twenty-seven and four. Uh, Christopher Diaz, he uh, he fought not too long ago. Uh, so he's fought already. This is going to be his fourth fight this year, which is good. You know, he started in two thousand seventeen. So when it comes to you know experience, uh, Joel Gonzalez has the most has the most experience. But when it comes to you know skill, we know that. Shakur Stevenson is one of those young bucks at 22 years old that's trying to make his come up, you know, with the Devin Haney's, the Ryan Garcia's, uh, you know, he's one of he's one of those guys of that elk who's trying to make his bid, and he's, you know, already fighting for a world championship uh, with for the bacon WBO, a world featherweight title. Now I don't know too much about Joe Gonzalez, but I'm sure at 23 and 0. And with this hate that he has for Shakur Stevenson, this is probably going to be a good fight. Uh, Shakur Stevenson was at one point, he wasn't knocking people out. Uh, That was the thing that he might not have any power. Oh, no, no, no. Never mind. He has uh, seven KOs. And he's knocked out, what, one, two. He's knocked out four, five of his last six seven opponents so he's he's got some good power we're going to see exactly what he's got this 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 uh fight this supposed to be one of the toughest fights like i said this guy's 23 and 0 even though he hasn't fought anybody he knows how to box and he has a hate 
and he's fighting to get this uh this guy away from his sister, man. So it might be a pretty good fight. I'm pretty sure Shakur Stevenson will win because I'm, you know, like I said, I don't know too much about uh, jo- uh, Yoed Gonzalez, but it should be a good one. They're building it up as his family feud, showing pictures of the sister, uh, you know, showing pic- uh, Shakur saying that he loves her and that the family doesn't think he loves her, but he does. And, you know, they're not trying to see their baby getting taken away. So I think she's a boxer also. Uh, so they might have met at the gym or something like that. Um, but who knows? But it should be a good one on Fox. I mean, not on Fox, on ESPN on Saturday night. But I'm thinking Shakur Stevenson gets this one and probably gets this guy out of here with that with a little that rage that he has against him because they they've been talking a lot of shit. JP, have you seen any uh any of the the, the the trash talking that these guys have been doing versus each other? And what are your thoughts on this fight? Even though you know it's not really not really that big, but what are your thoughts on it? Well, I'll argue we'll uh, haven't seen Joe Gonzalez fight, but I'll elaborate on what I've heard others say. Um, he's pretty good. This is probably not the normal fight <clears throat> Stevenson would be taking at this point in his in his career. But because there's a real hate, and this also is not a fight that um, the promotion would give Gonzalez, because Gonzalez being 23-0, and 0, like you mentioned, what's the use of giving him an L now? I mean, you got a guy who's obviously proving, them, hey, I can beat 23 people. Nobody's beaten me yet. So you have to assume he's pretty good. Now, I don't, I don't know how often you get 23 straight bums, you know, so I'm sure he's fought some good fighters, and I hear he's pretty good. And I also, from my understanding, neither of these guys would be fighting each other if there were not for a real hatred between the two. Uh, and like you talked about, well, there's the girlfriend element, and there's also the racial element. I've heard people have quoted Stevenson as saying, like, the family's racist. Uh, also, you know, Stevenson is, you know, has been, you know, disloyal to the girl or, you know, I've understood. So you got all those good elements, the, the, the family, like, you know, this black dude and plus he's, you know, had a checkered past. And, you know, so you got that going on. So dude's going to fight. Shakur's going to fight for her love. He's trying to prove, you know, he, he's not a you know, a bad guy, and he really does love her, and he's going to treat her well, and, you know, all those elements are at play, so I like this fight for that reason, you know, I don't know if we'll ever get these type of uh, nuances playing into a fight, so excited for it for that reason, I don't think it'll be an easy fight, but I have to believe, you know, more of the money being on Stevenson, the house would be the house fighter in this fight, but I, I do see Gonzalez fighting his butt off, man. I think Gonzalez can make this interesting. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is a much harder fight than uh, we, uh, we we assume it or expect it would be. I wouldn't be surprised if Stevenson gets a, a decision that we think he doesn't deserve. I wouldn't be surprised from what I understand. But, again, I've never seen this guy fight. But with the nuances at play, and what I've heard, you know, 
This is a little bit rushed and steep for both. This is rushed. But this is going to be a passion fight. Uh, recently, we've seen Stevenson turn into like a power guy, you know, to some aspect. So, like, you know, coming forward and kind of piecing dudes up, you know what I mean? Like putting their hands on them and getting them out of there when he's ready. So, Gonzalez being, you know, a Mexican, Mexican-style fighter, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. So, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I think it's gonna. Yeah, I've heard what I've heard about him is that he's gonna he's be, he'll be pretty good and it should be a pretty good fight. And with the family aspect going on, and with the, you know the Mexican versus black, you can never go go wrong with that. And uh, yeah, I was wrong. So the the IBO is the the belt that's long forgotten. The WBO is uh, Terence Crawford is the WBO champion. So this is a for a belt that. That uh, PBC doesn't want to recognize, but this is one of the official official tissue uh, belts. So you know, Secure is making you know they both they're both uh, fighting early. You know, for this um, going into this, they shouldn't. You know, they're both taking a jump up, but it's for you know it's to become a world champion and to be a world champion at uh, 22 years old. You know, I think that's good. Let me see how old Joette Gonzalez. Yoel Gonzalez is. He's 26, so a little older. Um, but we'll yeah, see definitely a step up. A good... Yeah, who who said that? Was that Janelle? Phenom. Yeah, yeah, it's me. Oh, so you back oh, on? Oh, yeah, big step up in time for Stephen. Yeah, I'm back on. All right. Well, oh, yeah, break it down for us. Well, I mean... It's a step up in comp, uh, definitely for Stevenson. You know, man, he has to have experience against rugged guys. You know, that Mexican, he's going to bring that Mexican style. And let's see how Stevenson can uh, can keep his composure under um, under pressure. You know, Mexicans love going to the body. I mean, let's see if Stevenson could really deal with it. I mean, let's see if he's the goods or not. Um, some might say they push him a little too fast. Some might say uh, 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 this is the right route to go. But we'll find out come Saturday night, and uh, I'm actually looking forward to it because I think Stevenson could be—he can be the Terrence Crawford of the of the next generation. I really see that much potential in the kid. I mean, uh, <clears throat> just hope they ain't pushing him too fast. But uh, I don't. Time will tell, man. Time will tell. But this is definitely a step up in comp, and we got to see what this guy can deal with. And this fight is gonna uh it's gonna determine a lot, you know. Let's see what this kid's really made of. I'm pumped up for yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, it's for you know, it's get him a world championship at twenty two. So we'll see if this uh you know, if he gets the belt and he takes the Jaime Munguia approach and starts, you know, just fights guys on the lower tier as he gets older and you know, he just makes a name for himself and holds the belt hostage, or will he step up and and fight these guys or what it what is he at? One one twenty six? I think he's a little yeah. a little light guy. Yeah, at one twenty six. So let's see who's champion at one twenty six. We're talking about uh Santa Cruz who I think is went who's going up. Gary Russell Junior, Josh Warrington, uh Oscar Valdez, Carl Francis. He's been upset with Gary Russell though. Yeah, I think Gary Russell says he's going. 
Gary Russell's going up too, maybe to to chase Leo Santa Cruz and Davis and these guys try to try to step up. So yeah. Yeah, man. So I think, you know, if he wins, he'll probably fight guys like, you know, maybe who knows? He might just get the get the belt and hold the hostage for a little bit as he gets you know, as he gets a little older. At twenty two years old, I wouldn't be mad at him. He's got the opportunity to get that WBO belt, get it you know, and still season yourself, but you'll be seasoning yourself as a champion, taking that Jaime Munguia route. So, yeah, I don't I don't think he's beating Gary Russell Jr. right now. Josh Warrington, I'm not sure if he's beating him either. Santa Cruz, uh, probably not. So, we'll see, man. We'll see how it goes. But, yeah, uh, you want, you didn't get to talk on the Pro-Grace-Taylor Taylor unification fight. What do you think about that one, Janelle? Uh I don't really got much comment on that fight, honestly. I mean, uh, it just made a better fight a win, you know? Okay. All right, man. Well, yeah, so you're, you're excited for the Stevenson-Gonzalez fight, but not for the Progress-Taylor? I didn't say all that. I'm, I, I mean, I'm just saying, let's, you know, I made a better fight a win, you know? Okay. You don't know who the better fighter is, so it's 50-50 to you? I don't know. Let's just see what happens, man. I'm not making a prediction on that fight. Okay. All right. Cool, cool. Well, let's get on to the next one, man, before we get into the juicy talk. Hey, man, fuck all that. Fuck all that. All right. We've got two fights uh, on Showtime. Uh, the main card being Eric, Erickson Lubin, Lubin 21 and one with 16 KOs versus uh, Nathaniel Gallimore. I'm um, not sure exactly who that guy is, but we know who Erickson, Erickson Lubin is. He's the guy that got up-and-coming guy. He's only 24 and, uh, twenty-four years old at this point, but he tried to take the uh, come-up for the WBC super welterweight title against uh, Jamel Charlo and got slept in the first round. Uh, that was two years ago, so he was 22 years old. Uh, same age as Shakur Stevenson, jumping up, thought he was the real deal, got slipped. Uh, now he's on his way back up, coming, uh, re- you know, uh, retiring the last, the next three guys that he's fought. Uh, one of them was Isay Smith. Uh, then two guys uh, that were, one guy was 37 and 21. That was his, his comeback after the Charlo fight. And then Isay Smith, who was uh, 29 and 10, and then Zakari Atu, whoever that is, out here in Houston. Um, not too long ago, I guess that was on the Charlo undercard. Um, what? Yeah, NRG Arena. Yeah, that must have been on the Charlo undercard. And he got a TKO. I think I did see that fight. Erickson Lube is a fast guy. Um, he was, you know, he's he's hitting boys hard, power puncher, 24 years old. I think he's got a... a a good way to go. I think he could still become a – well, maybe not at welterweight. I'm not sure if he can become a, a, a super welterweight champion. Um, but he might. He's got some pretty good skills. Uh, Janelle, I think these are one of the guys you said that could have got his uh, career ruined by jumping up too fast. Um, I think that – I don't know if that happened. Like I said, the last three guys that he's fought, he done uh, stopped them, stopped them all. Um but as far as this fight goes, I've never seen this guy 
Nathaniel Gilmore fight. He's twenty one, three and one. Um Jamaican guy out of Chicago. He hasn't fought anybody that you know. Well, he lost to Julian Williams, a majority decision. So, you know, he might not be that bad. You know, if you got a majority decision versus Julian Williams back in 2018 uh, of last year, um, this might be a good test. Not sure. Uh, might probably won't check it out. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, like Janelle said on the last one, I don't really have a have a pick for this one. Never seen Nathaniel, uh, Nathaniel Gallimore fight. But uh, if he did a majority decision, if he won a, if he won a, a scorecard against Julian uh, J-Rock Williams, he might not be that bad. Um, but he also lost to uh, Patrick Tessera right after that, a unanimous decision. So who knows how good he is. Uh, JP, any thoughts on this fight at all? Uh, thoughts on Erickson Lubin? Uh, I believe I, yeah, I believe I actually have briefly seen this Gallimore guy. <clears throat> I believe he's a dark skinned dude, and if it's the dude I'm thinking of, he's not bad, not terrible, not terrible at all. I believe slightly awkward in style, but I, no need for me to go too deep on something I'm not a hundred percent sure on. But if it's the dude I'm thinking of, he's not bad, and um. You know, we've seen Lubin, we've seen Lubin, and now there's a big question mark, you know, when it comes to Erickson Lubin. You know, can he, when he gets back on that big stage, what's going to happen? When he gets clipped again, what's going to happen? He got hit by a very awkward punch. And uh, since we've seen the guy who knocked him out going to lose that title to Tony Harrison. So, you know, there is some doubt when it comes to Erickson Lubin. Like you mentioned, you know, has come back well, beat up the past three guys he's faced. No one knows who they were. Probably, uh, you know, like Uber East drivers or some shit. So, well, one of them knows? was Ishe Smith. But, we do, we do know oh, Ishe, okay. even though he ain't that good. Okay. But we do know Ishe. He's like, yeah, okay, decent, 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 and cleaned them up. So yeah, so you have to hope. And you know, this could be a great thing for Erickson Lubin to get knocked out that young in his career and. You know, see how that feels, and you know. But then there's the the question: Do people ever recover from? You know, do they always have that doubt? And when they get back to that level of competition again, how will we respond? So interesting, interesting. Uh, And I'm pretty sure it's the guy I'm thinking it is, and I think this would be a tough scrap. But if Lugan goes on to, you know, wash him, then I think we're back on the same line we were on. Um, now that Jamal Charlo fight, again, was like that, is going to be like that um, Taylor Progray, um, is, is that Mayweather Corrales, you know, so it's in that echelon where, you know, you, you catch these type of prospects on the way up. But I'm interested in it. I'm definitely interested in it. And uh, I think both these dudes, you know, that Charlo and that Lubin, that, that was a tough loss because the winner of that goes on. Right now we'd be talking about Erickson Lubin if he continued winning. We'd be talking about Erickson Lubin, you know, fighting Keith Thurman right now. I'm pretty sure this is the guy's Erickson Lubin's in, in that 
Danny, he's in that uh, Porter talk at this point. So he took a giant step back. They have to take him back to the to the drawing board and giant, you know, when Jamal, you know, his career, Jamal had went on to go ahead and wash up Tony Harrison. Uh, and then we'd be talking, you know, you know, we'd be in a different place. So both both guys had a big pause button. And you see how much a loss does count. People say losses don't count. Uh, that's a lie. Now, there ain't nobody saying you, you have to go undefeated. We're not saying that. But we we understand where Erickson Lubin is if he had gone on, on to beat Jamal Char, Jamel Charlo. We understand that Charlo beating Harrison would be in another place right now. Might be trying to call Canelo out. Who knows? So, you know, I've said enough. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm interested in that fight. I'm interested in it, to be honest with you. Definitely. Uh, Janelle, any thoughts on this one? Nope, I guess not. I guess not. Um, the cold. Janelle uh, is having a great um, radio, radio night tonight. Yeah, yeah. Hey, the uh, co-main event. The co-main event is uh, a fight that I might be pretty interested in, man. This is uh, against uh, my man Robert Easter Jr. You know who I went all the way down there to L.A. to see get uh, unanimously spanked by Mikey Garcia out there in L.A. at the Staples Center last year. Um, he's fighting against Adrian Granados. Uh, I think he's going up. I think I believe this fight is at 135. So they're going to uh, super lightweight. I think he's stepping up. You know he's coming off a split. Uh, a split decision draw. Um, I think that's how you say it. It's the SB, but it's a draw. You know, uh, Rancis Bartholomew. Um, uh, I'm saying Hooker. This ain't Hooker. This is uh, Easter Jr. Easter Jr. is. Um, so I believe he said he was stepping up, and he's going up to fight Adrian Granados. Uh, Granados is coming off, I believe, his last fight was against Danny Garcia where he got stopped, but that was at that was at welterweight. So he's going back down. He's skipping one forty. He's going back down to one thirty five, which um at one forty we remember that he gave Adrian Broner a hard time. He got a split decision loss. He uh got unanimous you know, he gave Sean Porter Sean Porter got a uh you know, Sean Porter didn't look his best against Granados. Wasn't able to stop him, but he got a unanimous decision. Um, you know, Granados isn't the worst. You know, he's coming out there to fight. He had only been knocked. He, even though he had seven losses, he's only been knocked out that one time, and that was coming up. Um, that was being a, a, a small fight in a bigger Danny Garcia who really – gave him that work and knocked him out that last fight. So we don't know which Adrian Granados we're going to see, but I'm very interested to see how Robert Easter Jr. Um, comes back. You know, this is a guy who is all happy, real smiling, real nice guy, and may not have that dog in him that you need. He's got great skills, got good height, got good power. Um, 
but he doesn't have that dog that you might need. You know, this is a guy that is boys with Adrian Broner. I think he fights for uh, about billions uh, promotion. So, you know, he's come up. You know, I don't know if that big payday, you know, got him satisfied. Like I said, his last fight against Rats- uh, Rancis Bartholomew, um, Cuban guy, remember that fight with the, he had the blonde hair. He was just fighting, uh, punching. It was a close fight. In fact, some people thought that uh, Rancis won. Um, so I just want to see exactly where Robert Easter Jr. is. If he might it might be over for him. You know, going up in weight. He says he's going to feel a lot better. He won't have to cut weight so much. I remember him saying that after the last fight that he was going up. We'll see. He's fighting the guy that's coming in there trying to that's gonna to try to that's gonna be there to fight. You know, we know Granados is there. He's he's gonna fight. He ain't running, he ain't scared. He's twenty and seven, fourteen KOs. Both these guys got fourteen KOs. So it should be a good fight, man. Uh yeah. I'm not I'm not sure who to pick. I'm pretty sure I wanna say Robert Easter Jr. wins. Uh a unanimous decision using his boxing skills, his height, his reach, if he can use that. We remember, you know, we know that's a big, a big knock when it comes to Easter Jr. that he bends over and he fights small when he should be fighting long. And we don't know if, uh, if, if Mikey Garcia took that fight away from him. But I think this should be a good one to see exactly where Easter, Easter Jr. is. Granados isn't a slouch at all. He'll push him. You know, even though he got KO'd by Danny Garcia, um, I think it should be a good fight. I'm picking Easter for the unanimous decision, but it wouldn't. But I'm not sure about that. I have no idea where Easter Junior's head is. JP, man, you got any thoughts on this one? Well, man, I mean, Robert Easter Junior once had a. You know, a trajectory that a lot of us was checking for. And he did nothing but disappoint. Didn't ever show enough heart in losses. And that's that's all the value, dude. That's all your equity. You know, Vostick, even though he just lost here last week, how much equity did he lose, though? He lost, you know, I mean, he lost in a good fight. But he lost fighting, though. And now we, on this show, and, I'll, and I want to digress from that, stand slightly we said he kind of tapped out a bit because he took three knees, you know. But nonetheless, in all of our recollect, none of us are going to say, you know, Volstick's a bitch or Volstick, you know, went out like a sucker or, or you know, next time Volstick is fighting, you're going to kind of be like, okay, who are you fighting? You know, you, you lost nothing in him. You're not disinterested in him because he, he, he did fight. But Robert Easter in his losses, and very similar to Adrian Broner, them being in that same about billions camp, being partners, whatever it is, they lose and leave feeling like there was something left in the tank. And you know what? Boxing fans don't like that shit. Nobody's saying, you know, pour it all on the line. Now, we like that. But I'm a little different than most guys. I don't expect you to die for my entertainment. You know, now some of these boxing fans, they want that from you. I think that's a bit irrational. But they, some of them want it. So 
I just I do want to see you go for it though. You know, um, you know, very similar to what Adrian Broner did against Marcos Maidana famously, right? And we were all still like, man, that guy, you know, shit, he poured it all out. What's what he got next? And then he just went on to take L's without any resistance. So that's what we've seen out of Robert Eason. He's never been able to hold any discipline as far as being a tall fighter with a reach advantage. Um, and that, that lends itself to his mental discipline. You know, and like Willis talking about where's it said, none of us know. Um, when I look at Robert Easter on Instagram and Twitter or whatever it is, it just looks like a dude who's happy to be buying Jordans. And I know that can sound um, low-brow or something or kind of, you know, low-brow of me. I don't know how to put it in better words. But, no, dude, I'm serious. He's styling and profiling like, you know, gear. Like a guy, you know, from around the way who you know, got the fresh gear, nice chain and some jewelry, and he looks very happy with that. He doesn't seem like he's anywhere killing himself in a training camp, and, you know, it just doesn't seem like that's the energy, you know. So I expect this to be easy work for Adrian Ganados. Now, the question about Adrian Ganados is, has he had the stuffing eaten out of him going through the, the fucking mix the blender at PBC. He's gotten just about all of them, Mother. I think, you know, Errol's not there yet, but, you know, Granados has got a good portion of, you know, Granados has been in some of the, the good PBC fights and been in some, some tough fights over there. So the question at this point, after the Danny knockdown, knockout, you're wondering, like, has Granados finally had the stuff and beaten out of him? But I don't think so, though. Granados doesn't strike me as the type of guy that's ever going to, you know, not try really hard, but he did look like he lost some of that moxie that made him him in that last fight. And maybe Granados has finally gotten enough money to be comfortable. You know, that that's a question. He's taken enough L's. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Granados at this point probably has eight losses on his record. And we're still excited yeah, for him, seven. right? Yeah, 27, yeah, so, two draws. And look at that, man. That's not a any, by any stretch of an imagination a fucking record. You can find all kinds of bums that we don't want to even dare to care about with that record. That record is terrible, but it's how he loses. You know, and every boxer should take note. Don't be like, oh, man, you know, blaming fans if nobody's interested in you after just because you lost. It's how you lose, and Adrian Ganados is uh, exemplary in, in that fashion. You know, take it from him, man, 20-7, and seven, and he's still getting big fights, still headlining, you know, and, and being very involved. And if he wins this fight, you know, we Sean Porter too or some shit like that, or, you know, uh, you know, he's going to get one of them dudes again. He's going to be used again and keep getting that check. So, and that's definitely the key to all this, keep getting that check. Um, so yeah, man, uh, uh, to me, I feel like it's putting old bunny out the pasture, you know, um, I think Al and friends are, are like, all right, man, we, we, we gave you a big fight versus Danny Garcia and we moved you along as far as we could move you along, but you just ain't giving us enough heart back. So this will be the end of you. I'm thinking, I mean, maybe you can bring him back on some lower level, but 
uh, uh, him fighting any noteworthy people, and I don't think the move up in weight will be beneficial. You know, um, Power was never really um, notable at 140, so, you know, uh, it just doesn't have the discipline. Looks like he's going to move, can't move. You know, um, more of a flat-footed fighter, you ask me. So, just really not a good fighter, man, when you really sit it, put it on its face value, you know. He gets a lot of the – he's a look-the-part all-star, as we say over here. And I have to credit that to Bomani Jones. He's a look-the-part all-star. You know, he looks every bit of the part. Uh, you know, can hold the stances well and throw the, the punches that make him look right. But he ain't that, man, so – that's all I got to say about that, Willis. Yeah, most definitely. Now, I don't know if it's going to be easy work for him. I think Easter still has – he still has the goods. I just don't know if he has the dog in him. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised surprised if he lost, but I'm not going to pick against him. Uh, him going to 140, I think, you know, that's – you know, that's Ruggeru and, uh, you know, Jose Ramirez. And both of these guys are moving up, so maybe – you know, maybe after after they move up, he can get one of these belts because, you know, I think he's as good as, uh, you know, uh, Postal or Maurice Hooker or, you know, Kyle Relic or Curl Relic, however you say his name. So, you know, maybe after two or three fights, one of these guys, Pro Grace and, uh, and, um, and Jose Ramirez move up. I know. I think he might have a chance at 140. Right now, you know, at one at, at 135, you know, you got Lomachenko, you got Tank Davis. Now you got Devin Haney, you got uh, Tia Fimo, you got uh, Comey. You know, I don't know if he's if he's fighting these guys, if he's gonna be able to fight those guys either. So you know, he's stuck in a rock in the hard place. I think he wants to move up. He might have a better chance of getting the belts. Hopefully, he can beat Adrian Granados. And I think he will, but like you said, Granados has fought everybody. Remember, his big fight was against Amir Amon. I think that's where he made a name for himself. Fought Broner, Porter, Garcia. So, yeah, he's been fighting all the top PBC guys uh, since that win over Amir Amon, which really disappointed me. I thought Amir Amon might have been all right, but he wasn't. So uh, we'll see how this fight goes. guess it might be a pretty good card. Uh, seeing exactly where Lubin is, seeing exactly where Robert Easter is, seeing if they've got any more to give when it comes to making the championship run. But let's get on to the fuckery. Hey, man, fuck all that. Fuck all that. Now I want to pull this up. I want to pull this up, man, make sure I read it verbatim, word for word, because this this right here is crazy. Now, this is from an article from Deadspin. Uh, RC sent us the link a couple of days ago. Uh, TMZ, they made the report, and it sounds crazy. So, former top-rated boxer and current chairman and CEO of Golden Boy Promotions, Oscar De La Hoya, has been sued for a sexual assault and battery by an anonymous woman in Los Angeles County Superior, uh, Superior Court. The plaintiff says her lawsuit. Uh, the plaintiff says in her lawsuit that she was sexually assaulted by the promoter and ex-boxer in 2000 in November of 2017 when, against her wishes, she for he forced his fist into her vagina. Man, 
Now, here goes the, you know, here goes the uh, the the nitty gritty of what what they say happens. So, first they say the lady gets there. This isn't in the article, but I remember the TMZ guy said said she goes to the house. Um, they've been sexually active. You know, this was a, a girl that he you know he messed with, and that uh, you know he messed with before. So he invited it over to her, to his house, and you know she got there. She seen cocaine on the table. He says he's ready to get fucked up extra early. Right when she gets in, he's tooting and sipping, and uh, they go to the room. So what she says is, uh, this is where it gets crazy. De La Hoya grew angry and frustrated at the plaintiff for refusing his request and ultimately held her down with one arm while forcefully trying to insert his fist into her vagina. Now, you say what the the request was. The lawsuit says that uh, De La Hoya was, uh, that, the, that the lady was prepared to have consensual sex with De La Hoya, but De La Hoya began to press, <laughs> to pressuring her to penetrate him with the strap-on or, and or other objects. So she wouldn't penetrate him with the strap-on. He got mad, and he started to put his fist in her vagina. De La Hoya overpowered her and suddenly and forcefully pushed his hand into the plaintiff's vagina. The plaintiff screamed in pain and eventually squirmed her pelvis away from De La Hoya. Shocked, scared, and in extreme pain, plaintiff screamed at De La Hoya for, uh, for his conduct. But despite her, uh, her visible distress, pain, and anger, De La Hoya laughed and responded repeatedly, urging her to take a shot of alcohol and to try wearing the strap on or to use other objects on De La Hoya. The plaintiff refused, angrily left the room, and collected herself and left the res- residence in extreme shock and pain. She said she went to the doctor right after that, uh, got some uh, pain medicine and stuff like that. Uh, this is crazy. You know, this isn't De La Hoya's first time at a rape in 1998. A suit filed uh, in California alleged that De La Hoya raped a 15-year-old girl in the hotel room. It was settled out of court. Uh, we've seen the we've seen the pictures of Oscar in the fishnet, so we know he's into some strange things. And you know, it's it's really weird of what's going on with Oscar De La Hoya, man. Uh, you know, when cocaine's involved, a lot of stuff's going on. And you know, Oscar De La Hoya is one of my favorite my favorite boxers. You know, he's him and Roy Jones were my favorite guys uh, when I first just really started getting into boxing and watching his hardcore. Um, so I don't hold this against his professional status, but you know, when you're trying to get strapped up. You know, that's that's pretty sick, man. You know, I always say, at least it's with, uh, you know, when it, when he had the fishnets on, I could say, hey, man, you know, some guys are in dressing up. As long as it's with the woman, I'm not, you know, I'm not really worried about it. But when you're asking for the strap on and then you get mad when they don't do it and then you start, uh, you know, extreme fisting, I think that shit is crazy, man. De La Hoya is out of control. You know, he'll probably 
you know, this happened. Now, the thing is, this happened, they say this happened in 2017, so she waited a while um, to file. So you never know exactly what that means, if she, gonna have, if she has proof or are they just trying to tarnish his name. But from what I heard about Oscar De La Hoya, this doesn't sound far off, especially when it comes to the strap-on and inserting other things. But this could be, you know, you never know. You never know in 2019 what's going on. Um, does she, will she have proof? Uh, I'm sure that there's a, if she says she went to the doctor and, you know, there's probably some kind of doctor's note or the uh, proof of the visit. So it'll be able to, it'll be pretty easy to prove if it did happen. So be looking for De La Hoya to, you know, to be settling out of court, man, dropping some more millions like he did with this uh, 15-year-old girl, which I, I really didn't know about. I'm just reading about it now, and that, that saddens me, man. This is really sad. JP, what do you think about this situation? Sounds like a extreme scene of uh, abuse, abuser.com, man. Yeah, man, uh, sad to hear it. I, like you, <clears throat> um, Oscar was a part of my childhood also. You know, Oscar is one of those dudes that I'll say, you know, he fought everybody. You know, and he was that guy, man, in his in his in the ring. But Oscar's, you know, after boxing life has been uh, as worse as any boxer ever seen. Yeah, he's gone on to have a very successful promotional company, which I think has been actually his demise. Also, you know, somewhere in the Bible it says God's afraid to give you everything you want because he might lose you. You know, and I think this is a perfect case of, of that adage being applied where, you know, Oscar, with all that money, you know, and, you know, you're able to ask women to do different things and you're able to be more outlandish. Of course, we all get this. We, you and any guy like me have experienced what life is like with women when you make 30000 and what life is like with women when you make 70000 So. You know, we we all kind of know the differences in how you're treated. So you can imagine being a multi-millionaire and, you know, the things you're able to get away with when it comes to the women, man. And for, for some people, that's not for everybody. We see a lot of celebrities fall victim of that because, you know, a friend once told me casual sex is just too boring for a dude who can have anybody and has had – a dude has had every – chick he could think of so he's like I want an Asian chick uh, um, you know two Asian chicks that got black hair and and tonight I want two chicks from Switzerland who have purple hair and you get all this eventually man you just start having different demands now it's too you know I don't know where we get into a, a point where you want a female to wear a strap on now why don't Oscar just be gay I don't understand, but Oscar on some different level freak shit. You know, Oscar on some different level freak shit where I guess he's gay, but he's fucking with women, but that makes him not gay. But why do you want a woman to penetrate you with a strap on? So you're gay. So that shit is weird, but it's just some freak shit. And, you know, sad to hear it all. The the allegation you're talking about with the 15 year old, uh, that's, you know, even more saddening. And it then disappoints me that, you know, whoever the family was took that dough and didn't say nothing. You know, shit, you, you could have made us all aware of that, and this guy may, that may have saved him. 
you know, him not being able, that may have, you know, been a, a fork in the road for his career. But anyway, uh, I think Oscar definitely needs an intervention, man. At this point, nobody's helping Oscar. Oscar doesn't have any friends, man. Oscar's been coming on the Golden. They don't even let him on anymore as far as I know. But Oscar was just showing up the Golden Boy and then faded, you know, face red as a motherfucker, just clearly faded, and to get on camera and talk, faded. Like, well, somebody who's not telling Oscar no. There's obviously too many yes men around him. And somebody needs to pull him to the side and stop this. Oscar's out of control, and, you know, he probably needs an intervention, and he probably needs some rehab. You know, that guy's running around out here single for 45, 50 years old, and, you know, it's a a party for him. So, uh, you know, have Oscar in your prayers, really, man. And uh, somebody, you know, if you consider your friend of of Oscar De La Hoya out there, you need to pull him to the side and give him a real real talk. So, yeah, that's what I got to say. Yeah, man. I mean, let me tell the ladies too. If you walk in there and the guy has the uh, the bottles of liquor and the cocaine out, ain't no need. You know, you need to go ahead and uh, just walk away. You know, because you're setting yourself up. Not saying that it's her fault, but that's the setup. And if it says that you know that she had, that before he had asked her to to do you know to use the strap on, but she said no but she agreed, but they both agreed to, you know, they would still mess around. So very sad, sad to hear, very extreme. You know, De La Hoya does have a problem, as we see, if he's still on that cocaine, uh, you know, after fighting these demons before, if he's still on it, well, you know, some like you said, he has no friends. Nobody's telling him anything. But maybe this will wake him up. I, You know, even though after these allegations, I did see him at the – you know, the WBC had uh, some kind of event out there in Cancun, maybe Mexico, where they had all the WBC champions, and they had a little special. They made a special belt for uh, Adonis Stevenson. Him and his wife was out there. Uh, you know, I got to see that they had a little thing for Cesar uh, Chavez, Julio Cesar Chavez uh, Sr. I think they gave him one of the Mayan belts. Um so, and then De La Hoya was there, you know, so it's obviously not bothering him. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe that was this weekend and he and he didn't know about it yet. Well, he, he definitely had to know about it, but it doesn't seem to be phasing him. Seems like he's still out there partying. De La Hoya's got the money. And maybe, you know, like I said, she said this happened in 2017, uh, in November 2017. That was two years ago. Maybe it didn't happen. So maybe that's why he's not worried about it. But it does sound does sound Oscar like when it comes to what we've seen and what we've heard about Oscar De La Hoya and what he likes to do when it comes to women. He he ain't gay, but you know, he'll get penetrated like that guy. What was the name of that what was the name of that old show where I think his name was Fiddler or something like that where the where the uh the nurse uh was uh, sticking their fingers in his ass, and then they got married. It was one of those old white shows. It was, oh, man, what was the name of that? I can't remember. I think his name was like Fiddler or something like that. But maybe, you know, maybe he just, you know, I don't know if he's gay or not, but, you know, getting penetrated, that's pretty pretty gay to me, man. So, like JP said, 
let's pray for Oscar, a part of most people's uh, boxing memory, and, you know, hopefully he gets it together, man. So before we get out here, I want to see if Janelle's on. Janelle, you on, man? Yeah, I'm on. You got anything on this uh, Oscar De La Hoya foolery? Well, one thing I would say is women alleging sexual assault. I'm not the one to jump the gun and say that a guy is guilty because, you know, a lot of these women do be lying their asses off to get a quick come up and, and get a quick uh, uh, payday or whatever. So that has to be taken into consideration. Look at the whole Amalana Jackson thing with Tupac. I remember back when that shit first happened, she said something about how Tupac uh, pushed head to the floor or to the bed, sitting behind the other. And now just recently, she, uh, she did an interview like all these years later, and she said nothing like that now. And now she's making it seem as if like nothing really happened between them and such and such. So it's like, man, she just basically contradicted her whole story from back in 94. So it was just like, oh, 95, 94, whatever it was. And it's just like, Man, these women be lying their asses off. The woman of with Kobe Bryant alleged a raped her, but then you found out through some of her friends that she went to a party that same night and she was bragging about Kobe, uh, uh, um, um, abs and shit, and his sexual uh, ways. So it was like, damn, this guy raped you. Then why the hell would you be bragging about him and shit? You know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm not the one to jump the gun on these uh, women nowadays, seeing behind these rapes and such and such. Man, they looking for a quick come up. A lot of these broads are. That's when it comes to pro athletes. But, I mean, if it is true, then Austin's got a problem. You know, he's got a problem. But, I mean, if it is true, then the guy needs some help. You know what I mean? But a lot of these rich guys, they probably feel like they can walk on water and get away with a lot of shit. But, um, like I said, after all that said, I'm not one to jump the gun and say that this person's guilty or whatever. I I pump the brakes right now, you know what I mean? I need some more proof. No, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. You know, I'm fifty fifty. You know, we did heard that we we heard from them strippers that uh De La Hoya likes to get you know, he likes to get penetrated. That that is a rumor. Oh, 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 lady, oh, that's some weirdo shit. Yeah, and the lady said, you know, he wanted to get penetrated. That's Houston, she Texas said, no. shit, right? No, no, no. He ain't from Houston, Texas. He's from, yeah, I was just he's from California. You. I was just fucking with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there ain't nothing like that. So, you know, weird, weird stuff. And you you never know if it's true or not. But, yeah, like you said, the, a lot of women are, you know, they're trying to get paid. Not a lot of women. Some women are trying to get paid. No, a lot of them. Waited. A lot of them are. Yeah, I won't say that, man. I don't know if it's a lot of them. I'll say some, you know, some could be a lot. But uh, she waited two years to, to make this seen lawsuit. Definitely upward so. trends as of late. Say what? Definitely. I missed what JP said. He said, "He said we've seen the upward uh, upward trends of women trying to come up." I said, "Yeah, most definitely." Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure, for sure. Most definitely. So we'll see how it plays out. Like I said, from from the footage I saw of the WBC. Um, convention they were having out there in Cancun. Oscar didn't seem like he was uh, making a big deal out of it. But, you know, who knows if this came out before then. But I think that's where we're going to leave it, guys, man. Pray for Oscar both ways. If if she's lying about him, you know, we need to pray for him. And if she's telling the truth, 
we definitely need to pray for them, man. But uh, I think that's where we're going to leave it. Y'all make sure y'all check out some fights. Remember, Janelle, uh, the pro-grace fight is going to be early in the day on the zone because it's over there in the U.K. So get a full day of boxing. Shakur Stevenson fight coming on ESPN and Showtime. The Eric, Erickson Lubin and uh, Robert Easter uh, co-main events are coming on, man. So hopefully we'll get RC out here on Sunday morning, see how he's feeling. And uh, we'll be back, man. I want to thank JP. JP, anything you got before we get out of here? Well, sir, man, let me see if I can get off this Laker Clipper review show tonight. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to see if I can do tonight. Hey, LeBron is old, man. He's old. He's old, man. Hey, old. call your boy. Call his in and first talk step about it. His first step ain't there anymore, man. Yeah. yeah. 17 yeah, years ago, man. I didn't see the fight. I mean, not the fight. I didn't see the game. I was watching the Astros. Astros, and they getting their ass to a break. Damn them Astros, man. Damn them Astros. They knocked out my Yankees, man. Fuck them. Yeah, they getting waxed now. It's 8-2. to two. Yeah, looking too good for them this year. New York. No, no, they're playing Washington. No, no, no. New York is out of there. Yeah, they're playing Washington in the World Series. National. Yeah, they're done. Okay. Yeah. Somehow the Nationals got in, and they whooping our ass right now. So, so yeah, man, that's how we're going to leave it. Uh, anything you got, Janelle, before we get out of here? No, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to this last quarter of boxing. They got Canelo Kovalev coming up. We got some good fights coming up on the close of the year. Uh, Wilder Ortiz, too. I mean, just looking forward to these next few fights. A few fights coming up before the year's over. Let's end this year with a bang. Yeah, we've got the yeah Canelo gets his, uh, gets Kovalev, Burchelt Sosa. That ain't that good. You got uh uh Inouye versus Donaire for the uh, for the little guy boxing world uh, series. You got can't forget KSI versus Logan Paul. That's gonna be the biggest fight of the year. YouTube guys, you got uh. Harrington versus Roach. think that's going to be a good one. Uh, let's see what else we got. Yeah. Wilder versus Ortiz. Yeah, it's going to be a good way to end the year. Ruiz versus Joshua. You know, Charlo yes, versus Hogan. I forgot about on. that one. Crawford, Crawford versus Mean Machine. <laughs> yeah, man. Got some good fights going on at the end of the year, man. We'll be able to get a lot of boxing talk off, man. So want to thank you all again, like I said. We'll be back on Sunday to go over unification, unification fights, the family feud, and to see exactly how uh, Lubinson, uh, Lubinson, Erickson Lubin and Robert Easter Jr. did, see if they're talking about winning any belts anytime soon. So we'll see you all on Sunday, man. Outsiders Boxing Podcast Midweek Show. We out.